0: Welcome to the neighborhood. My name is Michael Lacey, husband, father, and host of the Wealthy Neighbor Show, where every week we bring you an amazing interview or a message to inspire you as you build wealth for your family. Thanks for stopping by the neighborhood. Now let's jump right in with today's message. Welcome to the neighborhood. This is episode five of the Wealthy Neighbor Show, and today we have stay at home mother and military wife Tansy Campbell. Tansy and I are going to talk about the power of teamwork, and more specifically, how important it is for both spouses to be involved in the finances. So, a little backstory Tansy's family paid off their debt once, found themselves back in debt, and then paid it all off again. Now, the total from both rounds was about $105,000, and this all took place over the course of like four years. But again, here's the kicker. They paid off that $105,000 worth of debt on one single income while raising their children. Yes, that is right. It is totally possible for debt to be eliminated in a house where there are kids and only one income. So before we jump into it, Tansy, I do want to say thank you for your family's service to this country. We greatly appreciate the sacrifices that you and your husband make every single day for each and every one of us. So again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. But before we get into the money part of your story, can you share with us how you and your husband met
1: one another? Oh, that's a funny question. <laughs> we were actually high school sweetheart. And so he played basketball for the community rec center and I was a cheerleader for the community rec center. And so that's kind of how we met. He was a senior and I was, I was a 10th grader. So yeah, we were both in high school and we kind of met that way. And, um, we got married. Well, I got married right out of high school. And he was about 20 when he got, when we got married. So, yeah.
0: Wow. That's a, that's really cool. And you guys have been together for pretty much your entire adult lives. That's awesome.
1: Yes. I tell him sometimes that we've almost been married longer than we've been alive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing though. When you find that person that, that compliments you in the right way, that's, that's beautiful. I love it. So let me ask this question was, I know you're, you're a stay-at-home mom now. Was being a stay-at-home mom part of your plan all along?
1: Never. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely 100% not. Even when I was pregnant, the entire time I was pregnant, I was thinking, well, let me save one check per month so I could stay home for a little while. But I always knew I was like, I'm going back to work. I'm going back to work. And it wasn't until she got here and my uh, maternity leave was almost... Complete and I was like, I cannot drop her off anywhere. I was um, finishing up my master's degree and doing my internship, and just to like leave her with a friend a couple hours each day to do my internship was torture. So I kind of made it a point then that I'm gonna go ahead and stay home. My husband was on board. I think he kind of was like worried about, you know, just we were first time parents and we were just very protective, and I think he agreed but we had to like change our finances at that point. So that's kind of when we got started.
0: So let me ask this question. I mean, about how much were you guys bringing home at that time?
1: For me, I was bringing home maybe $800 a month. And for me, I was like, okay, you know, that's that's fun. My husband was an E5 in the military. And I know that doesn't make sense, but um, at the time, I think it equated to about, Fifteen hundred dollars a month, maybe a little more, but they also give you a stipend for your housing, which helps. So Though it can equate to more, but um, at the time we didn't have any kids and we didn't have any major responsibilities, and so we were we were just living life.
0: Right. So then you have the kid, and you're kind of struggling with that, and your maternity leave is coming up, and then you fully commit to just staying at home. So how difficult was that adjustment down to one income?
1: You know, initially I didn't think it was it was going to be hard. We weren't serious about our our finances when I decided. It wasn't until like a few months into being home and we realized like we're low key living paycheck to paycheck like we would have used a credit card to like cover the little extra. And it was always about two to $300 extra each month that we just didn't have. So, but I mean, and we never had like credit card debt per se. We will always pay our credit cards off each month, but it was still kind of like this credit card is going to help us catch what we have left over each month. And so at that point, I think we realized, Okay, well, we have to do something.
0: So you ended up being one hundred and five thousand dollars in debt. Do you recall kind of how that broke down?
1: Yes. So this was a two step process. Actually, the I had student loans. My husband he went to the military right after high school, and he got his degree within the Navy, and they paid for it. So he's never had student loan debt. So that for me, that was undergrad and uh, my master's degree program, and then it was also a car. And so that was the first round, but the first round was 58K. And so you're probably like, well, how did you get to 105? Well, kind of a long story, but to shorten it, I started, we started to pay off debt. I say I a lot of times because my husband wasn't completely on board. And so I feel like it was the I thing and he okayed it, but he wasn't happy about it. And I just think because for him, it meant less of him doing what he wanted to do and he was the person that was working. And so for him, it's like, well, I go to work, but you're telling me I can't do these things, this, this and this. And so um, he went on a couple of deployments while I was paying off debt. He was fine with it, but he wasn't there. So it didn't affect him in a way where he could either get on board or have an attitude the whole time. It was just kind of like he wasn't there. And so I finished paying off the debt probably about three months after he came home. And for him, it wasn't a mindset change. It was like, oh, you paid off the debt. Great. So now we can go and buy this. And so for me, that was a really hard moment because I was like, you did not see all of the work I put into this. And you did not know, you don't know exactly all of the stuff I went through. And he was just kind of like, okay. But he wanted to buy a car. And so he gave his car to his mom because she needed a car at the time. And then the car that we had just paid off, he was like, either you can buy a car because I was pregnant again. This was my second go at being pregnant. He's like, either you can buy a car that will fit you and the kids or I'm going to buy what I want and I'm going to get the bells and whistles. (laughs) So it was like, well, I guess we're buying a car. So I ended up buying a car and we went into debt the second time around and so i was kind of like deflated at that point i had been gazelle intense before and i was no longer about to be gazelle intense so we were making payments on the car but I was not gazelle intense for probably about two years. And then we jumped back in on it this time with him being more involved in the process and him understanding what it takes to get out of debt. And then once he jumped on board and I jumped on board, we had more of an agreement about like how this debt thing is going to work. Right. I'm like, I'm not doing this again. And then you want to buy another car.
0: Okay. So let me go back a little bit because that's, that's very interesting. You know, your story and and how you guys ended up coming together later after having gone through it on separate pages the first time. So let me ask you this question. Is there anything that maybe you feel like you could have or would have done differently in hindsight that first time around? 100%.
1: I would have involved him in as much as possible. I would have sent graphs. I would have sent charts. I would have just like kept him up to date and informed. In the moment, though, I remember feeling like, oh, this is going to be so easy because he's not here to say, oh, why can't we eat out tonight? Or why can't I buy these shoes? Or I want to go to this football game. And I was thinking, oh, he's gone. I can just do things my way. But in in hindsight, that bit me in the butt. Because when you don't go through a process and you don't conform your behavior and your attitude about a process, you learn nothing. So your behavior stays the same. So when he came back, it was like, He had not been through any of the process. So for him, he didn't understand the work it took, the sacrifice. He just felt like he lent his money to changing, you know, our our family tree. And so for that, he deserves to, you know, have this or we deserve to have that kind of thing. I would definitely be more, I guess, as much as possible, I would share what's going on and behind the scenes and try to keep him up to date with every piece of it.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point, because I often say that when you're going through any type of process, whether it's debt freedom or whether you're training for a marathon or whatever it is, it's not necessarily the end result that matters the most. What matters the most is the person you become on the journey. Right. And so that's mm. that's something that I believe wholeheartedly is that it's more yes. important to to grow and evolve as you go through process than it is to achieve that ultimate end result. Because the satisfaction from that end result goes away at some point. But who you are and who you become is with you forever. So I want to go into the, the moment when he kind of gave you that ultimatum of the car thing. You know, you mentioned that you felt deflated. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: I felt good about what I had done, but. I felt deflated kind of like about where we were in the relationship, because in my eyes, I thought that if he could see like, oh, my wife has done this great thing and she's gotten us out of debt, that he would be on board to not want to put us in that place again. And so I was a low key furious, actually. I mean, initially I was furious, but in hindsight, I had to see that like he didn't go through the process. So he wouldn't have gained the experiences that I gained. I was also just deflated about having debt again. Like, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to like, give our money to not one other group of people. And so it, w- it was very frustrating, but I knew it was going to happen. Either he was going to go and do this thing, or we would have to go together and plan on getting a car for the family. And so it was just kind of like, well, let's go do it.
0: Yeah. So So you made the decision to get the car for you instead of letting him go get the one for him, correct?
1: Yes, because the car he wanted, it was like a limited edition F-150 Lariat. And he had like, he had been talking about this car for years and he had all these dreams of what he would add to it. I'm like, we just need a car to drive. And he was like, you go get a car for you guys. Or if you're, you know, if you're going to decide that you're going to keep this car and drive it. Cause I was completely fine with that. Like the car that we had currently, I was like, keep driving this. He was like, well, you can drive this and I'll go get my car. And he didn't present it as an ultimatum, but it kind of felt like it was. It's like, you know, it's one or the other. And so, I kind of went with what I thought would be the better of the two evils. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And so you ended up getting a car for yourself. And do you feel like, given the circumstances, that even like when you were car shopping, that you made the best decision for your family, or did you kind of give into that and and get a little more upgrade, a little more bells and whistles than you probably would have gotten mm. under a normal circumstance?
1: Oh wow! So that's that's a good thing that you've asked. (laughs) Actually, yes, because initially I said, well, you know, let's get an SUV. My son was due the next month and I started looking at smaller SUVs, right? They were reasonable. I looked at, you know, three to four year old uh, SUVs and then we went to a dealership and I was looking at this three to four year old SUV and he pulls out this newer SUV, bigger newer, um, not brand new, but newer. And it's basically the same price. And so then my wheels get to turn and I'm talking myself into why I need this bigger SUV. And I'm like, oh, you know, we're going to have a third kid. And mind you, the second kid hasn't even popped out, but I'm planning for the third kid. And I'm like, we're going to have three and we need enough space to fit three car seats on this, this back row. And I'm like, oh, it's the same price. Let's go for it. So I ended up getting a newer, larger, similar in price those, but still too much, way too much money spent on a vehicle. But yeah, we I, I did get the the glitter in my eye <laughs> when I got to <laughs> shop for a new car.
0: So you did say that you were kind of deflated and frustrated by being in debt again, and so you kind of you know moseyed around a little bit, like two years of just kind of making the yes. payments, but then something clicked. What happened Mm -hmm. two years into that journey that turned that switch back on for you?
1: We were in the process of moving to a new duty station. So we were in Jacksonville and we had orders to go to Rhode Island. And that's also another reason in my mind, I was like, I need an SUV, you know, four wheel drive. Okay. Snow. We get to Rhode Island and we are doing a three year tour there at the end of the second year we're able to choose orders again. And so my thought process during these first two years is we're going to go overseas. In my mind, I'm like, let's pick orders overseas. As soon as they say we're going to Italy or Japan, I'm sending this car to CarMax no questions asked. So I was looking for CarMax to buy the car back from me so I didn't have to worry about the payment because the payment was massive. My husband, he kept getting orders to Japan, but they weren't in the exact spot that he wanted them to be. And so it ended up where um, his final orders were going to be in San Diego. And I was like, San Diego is expensive. And he was like, yeah, it is. And I said, we got to pay this car off. Because initially <laughs> I was just going to give it back to uh, like CarMax. I was going to see if I could sell it or have them buy it. When we got orders here, I was like, it's it clicked on again. Like, no, we're not going to keep paying this car note for the next three or four years. So we got on it then.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And so is that what got him finally on the same page as you?
1: I think so. I think let me let me tell you how much our car payment was first. (laughs) Our car payment was seven fifty every month. Whoa. Yes. So I explained to him if we had this seven fifty every month to just live our best life and you know, whether that be saving, investing, or going on a vacation, wouldn't you want that? And I just kind of think he just thought like, yeah. I would you know <laughs> I would like that 750 in my pocket so we just started like plugging away and we moved ourselves from Rhode Island to California so we took a break for about two months to get here and make sure that we had everything we needed but other than that we were just on board to get it going yeah. like I don't think you know he had any qualms with that.
0: So, when, so about what year was this and about how much were you making around that time?
1: This was last year. He was making the same as he's making now, actually, which is about $4,000. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're talking about almost a quarter of your monthly salary was going on that car.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's scary. I could imagine. So how did, I mean, how did you feel with that?
1: Um, the thing is, we had it. We're very, I mean, we're not big spenders, although that sounds crazy seeing how much that costs. But we knew that we didn't have any other debt. And that was the only thing that we would owe each month. And so for us, it was like, well, we can do it. You know, the mindset was we could do it and still have money left over. And we could. I mean, at one point I was easily throwing a thousand dollars a month at the car until I assumed that we were going overseas. But we would just, I would just throw a thousand dollars and we would still have money to save and play with, you know, at the end of the month. But I'm just like, who wants to do this for the next three or four years? And so we just got to it. We were just like, nope, I'm not going to do it.
0: We'll be back with more from Tansy after this quick message from one of our sponsors. Did you know less than 5% of the people who buy life insurance get the right coverage for their situation? Normally, life insurance is one size fits all and leaves too many families to choose between a big policy that's too expensive or a small policy that's clearly inadequate. This is where my friends over at Everyday Life step in. Everyday Life is a new online insurance concierge created by fintech experts who got frustrated by their insurance and took action. Here's how it works. Fill out their free, easy, anonymous questionnaire in under three minutes and you'll get advice and pricing for a personalized coverage plan that automatically adjusts as your needs change. With more coverage now when your family needs it most and less coverage down the road when you don't need as much, Everyday Life can save you money both now and in the future. Check out Everyday Life for your free personalized plan at elifelabs.com slash winning to wealth. That's elifelabs.com slash winning to wealth. So I know for a lot of people, when they're paying off debt, they have to make some, some lifestyle changes, some lifestyle tweaks. And so was there anything that you guys had to give up or, or part with that was particularly difficult?
1: Mm, the first time around, yes. But I just think because my husband wasn't there, he already felt like he was sacrificing by being gone six months at a time, you know, like they don't have the same luxuries on the ship that you do out in the world per se. So he kind of felt like that was his form of sacrifice for me. It was just, um, a lot of not going out with friends because this was right after my college years and the thing to do everybody had their birthday dinner at a restaurant. So it was like every other week somebody's birthday come and they have a dinner. So it was a lot of no's with that. Um, and then there was a lot of weddings. I, said no to a lot of things but I did not say no to weddings just because I felt like it was really important to my friends and so I made it a point to do that but everything else kind of got booted like from foods to outings we kind of did a lot of free things the beach was always you know one of the the bigger things but and we moved let me let me say this. We moved and I moved my mother in law in. There is a point where when my husband left, um, I asked my mother in law, would she move in to watch my daughter so that I could substitute teach for like a year or so and bring in extra money to help pay off debt? And so she did that. So for me, that was a sacrifice. My husband's like, how is that a sacrifice? But <laughs> clearly for me, it was a sacrifice. And so that was my biggest sacrifice.
0: Right. So let's go forward a little bit. So, you know, you, you paid off the car. What was that moment like when you guys as a team, because you battled through a lot, getting your husband kind of on the same page as you and getting out of debt and then having him come back and then kind of being forced by the car and then him coming back on, like coming on the same page. What was that moment like for you and then collectively as a couple when that car was finally paid off?
1: I was so excited. It was, I'm smiling now. I know you can't see it, but (laughs) I was so excited. <laughs> well I listened my face was gleaming I was like where that free and for a few days I didn't even say anything to anybody because I sent the last payment and I was like I'm always feeling like something or someone is out to get me and I'm like this this check isn't going to clear they're going to come back and say it's a penny short I kept calling the bank but when they said oh no you're good I was like we're done <laughs> <laughs> and um my daughter she would help me color in our little chart and she was like well what did we do i'm like we don't owe anybody any money and she was like wait you have to pay every month for that car i said we did but we don't anymore and so it was it was a big family celebration we had dinner we got dessert i'm like y'all get whatever you want
0: Wow. You
1: want. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's fun
0: yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So you had mentioned that you started your debt accumulation phase back with student loans. So is there something that maybe you would have go back and, and you could share with your 17, 18 year old self to kind of help you avoid that? What would that be?
1: One thing for me, and I know this is not going to be everybody's journey, but if you are unsure of what you want to do, with your life, it's okay to take a moment, not get lost, but to take a moment to figure it out. Because when I entered college, I tell you, I wanted to do everything. I went from wanting to be an architect, to wanting to be a midwife, to wanting to be a nurse. And I think because of that, I did, I was always taking and retaking classes. And at one point I was in the nursing program a whole Two years and then change my major. So I added an extra two years. to I just think there's not enough information on the ins and outs of college. So I wish someone would have pulled me aside and said, Tansy, kind of know what you want to do or what area you want to do it in. I also wish someone would have told me that about college hacking, about all these ways to go through college without having to pay all of this money or taking out all of these loans to do it. And I just think, you know, sometimes kids have this idea that they have to go to college, but trades are also booming right now. Um, some trades make way more money than college grads, and there's not as much debt a- attached to it. So I think that there should be more talk about those kind of things when it comes to college.
0: So now that you guys are debt-free as a family, Right. And you had that great celebration with the dessert and all that. What are you guys doing now to build wealth for yourselves?
1: So what we've started doing is saving and investing. My husband, he was already investing in the TSP, which is pretty much the military version of a 401k. And but he's he's investing very conservatively. So one of the things I had to do was kind of push him out of that. I always thought that he was like investing and making big strides. But he was very conservative, which is fine. He still was investing. So I, I won't knock that. But we opened Roths. I opened one, a spousal Roth, which you ladies, you can do. If you're married and you stay at home, you can open a spousal Roth. You just have to have some income coming in and that's how you can open it. You can go to Vanguard or Fidelity either way and they'll let you open one. Um, And then we're opening one for him. So we're going to max those out each year. And then from there, I'm going to I have a brokerage account and I'm going to put money into there until I start working. So my son will be in kindergarten next year. So hopefully, you know, once I get my job, we'll be putting more into my 401k. And, um, that's as far as our wealth building goes, we do have a rental property, um, that we recently decided we were going to keep, we were going to sell it, but we decided to keep it. And I'm going to try to pay that down also in smaller increments because, you know, I'd rather put my money into the brokerage account than into the property at once. But yes, that's all of our, all of our ways that we're going to invest
0: You said something very interesting at the beginning of that. You said your husband was investing, but he was doing so conservatively. What does conservatively look like for you?
1: They have different funds. I'm not super clear on it, but they have different funds. One fund is called like a G fund and an F fund. And in his conservative fund, he invests about 200 well, actually, he said it's 8% of his monthly income. So how that works is if he gets a raise, it'll just bump up each time he gets a raise. So it was less a long time ago, but it's more now because he's ha- he has a raise. But in the G fund, it only grows like 2%. So I told him when I found that out, I was like, you could put your money into like a CD and make more money. And I just thought that he was just being really safe with his money because his idea is that he's going to get a pension. And he is. So he wasn't like overly concerned with growing his money. He just wanted to be sure that he was saving something and that it was growing and that he wasn't losing any of it because he's relying on his pension more so than the investment that he has with his TSP.
0: Going back to when you first started, like kind of at the beginning of your journey, were there any books or podcasts or anything like that, that you listened to or read that kind of kept you motivated or or gave you the inspiration to jump in?
1: Total Money Maker was the book that Jump started everything and it was kind of like my reference through my whole debt free journey. So that started, that started me out. Um, and then listening to Dave, but of course, like the, the best part of the Dave show is the debt free screams. When you're, <laughs> when you're in debt, you just need to be motivated that somebody else in the world other than you is trying to get out of debt. Cause when you share this with friends and family, you get a lot. Sometimes you get positive feedback, but. For the most part, it can come across as very negative feedback. So you need like a clan of people who think and agree like you think. And so that was very motivating and inspiring to hear the debt-free screams on his podcast.
0: Nice, nice. So now that you're in the investing phase, what are you doing to kind of keep educating yourself as you move, transition from debt elimination to wealth building?
1: Oh my gosh, reading, reading, reading. It is so important. Oh, I, I mean, in addition to that podcast, but I, I listen to audiobooks. I read blogs. I, I just kind of absorb everything. Conferences. I just finished reading Atomic Habits. That's not money related, but a lot of times. There are things that you can read that will help you with your money regardless. So for me, that book helped me to learn better habits and to create these habits and how to keep these habits when it comes to my money. So um, The Simple Path to Wealth by Dale Collins. I mean, I could go on and on, but there's so many books about investing the simple way how to change your money mindset. You know, just whatever you need to keep you and your family motivated and in the know about what's going on. But yeah, definitely reading.
0: Perfect. Perfect. One of my final questions for you is what would you say to the couple out there who maybe feels like it's impossible to gain traction being on one income?
1: I think you should sit down and do a budget. I know everybody runs from that word, but you can call it whatever you want, money plan, a spending plan, a budget, whatever it is, you need to figure out where your money is going. It could be that it is is impossible to do it on one income. Everybody may not have enough money to even uh, meet their monthly needs and may not have that extra to put into the debt. So if that is you, I would encourage you to look into side hustles. Now, everybody talks about that, but back in the day, Well, when I first started my journey, side hustling used to be kind of hard. But nowadays, like you got Uber, you got delivering groceries, you got shopping, you got dog walking and sitting and shoot, you can go door to door and pressure wash houses. But if you have a will, there's a way. So I would say to you, figure out where you are with your budget and with your money. If you feel like you don't have enough money, see what you can cut. If you cut everything out and you're almost bare bones and you know you're at the bare minimum and you still don't feel like you have enough, somebody's going to have to increase their income. So, I don't know if that's dad or mom or if we can ask grandma to watch the babies like an extra 2 hours so that you can do something for somebody to make some money, but you got to do it.
0: Tansy, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's really inspirational, not just because you paid off debt once, but you've done it twice. And throughout that, you've been a stay at home mother, you've lived on one income, all while balancing being a military family. And so first off, I want to thank you and your family for your service to this country. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. But finally, mm, yeah. I want to give you an opportunity to sh- to share with the listeners where they can find you if they wanted to follow along on your journey, or maybe get some inspiration to uh, from you going forward.
1: Well, you can find me on Instagram at Her Well Spent Life. The website is coming soon. I say that frequently because building a website is hard, but it is coming soon. And it's HerWellSpentLife.com.
0: Again, thank you Tansy for sharing your story with the neighbors and thank you to our show sponsor, Everyday Life. Uh, If you have life insurance needs, be sure to head over to elifelabs.com slash winning to wealth and get a free personalized quote from them. As always, I do have a few takeaways from this episode that I'd like to briefly share with you. So first things first, I just want you to understand that any debt you take on is risky. Listen, we all know that life doesn't always go as we plan it and in Tansy's case, she financed a very expensive car believing that they would be moving overseas and that she'd be able to just sell the car and get herself out of debt that way. But that didn't happen and not only did that not happen, but even worse, they ended up needing to move to a higher cost of living area while they had this expensive car payment. And hear me out, it's not just Tansy. I mean, we see it all the time with people who get quote-unquote good debt in the form of like student loans and then they can't find a job to even pay for the degree or the person who takes out a mortgage loan on a house and then loses their job or something along those lines so listen to me All debt is risky because life is unpredictable and we need to be aware of that fact before we sign up to take on any debt. Don't put the future version of yourself in a bad financial spot because the current version of you was impatient and took on monthly payments in some form. Lastly, I want to touch on just how vital it is for both parties in a relationship to be on the same page regarding money. As I said during the interview, it's sometimes more important to grow and evolve as you go through a process than it is to achieve a certain result. This proved true for Tansy's family because although they found themselves debt-free, everybody in the household didn't go through that process, didn't grow, didn't evolve, didn't change. And so they found themselves right back in debt. And again, this is because... They weren't on the same page regarding the direction they wanted to go with their money. Now, I'm not saying you're going to always agree on the strategy and the steps that it takes to get there, but you should have some kind of guiding principles when it comes to your family's financial situation. Because as we saw in Tansy's case, this lack of cohesion and unity led Tansy to feeling angry and in her words, deflated in her marriage. And thankfully, they were able to work through that as a couple, but this is where a lot of marriages derail and and where we get a lot of the divorce from but then fast forward a bit and Tanti was able to get her husband on board by asking a simple question and that question was listen if we had this 750 every month to do whatever we wanted wouldn't you want that whatever the that is right whether that's travel whether that's investing whatever it is But now they had something guiding them. They had something they were working towards together as a team. And again, maybe they did. Maybe they didn't agree on the strategy to get there every single day. But having that goal in mind, having something to look forward to, pulled them in that direction and allowed them to become debt free a second time. And listen, I don't know about you, but I believe that was their last time paying off debt. I can't see this family going back into debt after this story. So listen, money touches just about every area in a marriage. I mean, from where you live, to where your kids go to school, to how often you visit family out of town, to all these different things. Money touches so much. So you have to talk about it in your relationship and again, you can start by just dreaming of what you do if things were different then you can sit down once you have that dream sit down and map out a plan that'll get you there. And not only will you start to win with money, but communicating like that will oftentimes bring you closer together as a couple, which can strengthen your marriage in other areas. And I'm speaking from experience because that's exactly what happened in my household. So thanks again for checking out another episode of the Wealthy Neighbor Show. If you haven't already, be sure to join the neighborhood where you can talk all about money freely and openly, ask questions, all that stuff and you can find that at winning to wealthcom slash neighbors that's winning slash neighbors also be sure to share this episode not only does it make me feel great but this episode could be the exact message of financial hope and inspiration that someone in your circle needs to save their own marriage you just never know right so share the episode but again Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you around the neighborhood.